Hey, Pronouncers, welcome back to Printavo Pronouncers Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce from Printavo. We've got Mr. Stephen Farrag out of Campus Inc. and very special guest, Stephen Cranston out of NorCal Screen Supply. A bit different of an episode, which I'm happy about because I wanted to learn everything about distribution and how you got started and just your background. But uh, just give us a little bit about you, how you got into the space. Uh, I did my first screen print probably fifth or sixth grade art class and um, kind of got hooked on it there and then uh, didn't do it for a long time. Then in high school I did uh, like the old Screaming Hand Santa Cruz thing. I did that on paper and I thought it was the coolest thing ever, the whole process. Uh, so fast forward a little while from there and then I did a print class in junior college and got, got more into it, did some paper, did some shirts like a snowboarder guy, you know, going over a fence. Um, and so that's kind of how I got hooked on it. And then fast forward there, I, I was a recreation major, if that tells you anything in, in college. So it's like to have fun. I, got a lot of, I got a lot of hobbies. Yeah. And so, uh, anyway, from there, like I went into HR, which I was listening to Cal, Cal Kings. He, uh, yeah. From, from Blue Chip, he's like, oh, I was an HR staffing manager. I did the same thing. So I did that for about seven or eight years. Um, and one of my longtime friends was in the action sports industry, and he was working for a brand. And all of our buddies, we all had the garb on, you know. And I was thinking, like, we could do this. You know, I'd printed before. We could print stuff. And so that kind of sparked my uh, foray into, like, manual screen printing. So I had a shop. Fast forward, skip over like a lot of stuff there, but I spent about six years doing manual screen printing. Um, and that's how I got into it, you know? That's how I kind of got hooked on it. With screen printing, it's like, once it's in your blood, you know, it's hard to get out. So, still in my blood. Um, yeah, that's how I got into it, really. Wow, so now NorCal, give us, give us, the, uh, give us, the, give us the brief on that. Yeah, sure. So. Uh, well, to continue on, I guess, the story there, um, if you guys remember, there was kind of a downturn in the economy around 2009, 2010. Uh, I kind of closed my shop halfway, took a job doing field research photography, oddly enough, and What's that? did that for a couple of... So uh, research intelligence is kind of this big business where, say you want to rent a commercial space, right? You're looking for a new spot for Printavo. Well, you're going to jump on LoopNet or... Couple of Bruce, isn't, companies. Bruce isn't running out of space. Just look behind him. Oh yeah, see that you got boxes. This is, this is temporary. Yeah. Uh, the shoes. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, running a little shoe company over here too. Hey, um, whatever works, right? No, we're familiar with LoopNet though. Yeah, yeah. So uh, those companies have these tremendous banks of information on commercial real estate, and so my job was to gather that intel by driving around a little car and taking pictures of buildings. Um, and recording like how many roll-up doors they had, whether they had loading docks, et cetera, et cetera. So that was my job for a couple of years. Got kind of tired of that. And, you know, once you've had a business, you're, you get that entrepreneurial thing going. It's hard to get it, get it out of your head, you know. So I wanted to do a business again. And so I started looking around at everything and um, thought, thought about doing another print shop and just kind of stewed pretty hard on it and thought, well, I'm going to try to get into supplies. And so that was around 
late 2014. But and why? From there, I, I guess I'm kind of curious why supplies versus a, a shop again. Well, uh, my area didn't have anyone really here doing it. You know, we got a few few in the East Bay and stuff, but there wasn't really anyone in my area, so I decided to to go for it from there. So when you were running a shop, did you just notice like there's no one local that can ship to me in one day? You know, <laughs> did you do a lot of research to know like, oh, there's a lot of shops here. Maybe they need supplies. You know, did. how did you just, what did you, what was your thought process going into it? Thought process was there's no one local here that has supplies. So I'll be the guy who provides them. Gotcha. Did you know, I mean, obviously you knew about buying supplies from yours would you would you share where you bought supplies from when you ran yeah sure at that time um i was buying from ryanet a lot and then also um some in the bay area and some in southern california as well so then kind of fast forwarding how did you know where to wholesale like buy these wholesale because you're going to resell them and i don't know if you manufacture supplies or are you more of a reseller Oh, we're a reseller. Yeah. So, like, how did you know where to go? Did you just start, like, yeah, tell us about that without giving up your secret sauce? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I asked around and I made some phone calls. I did some, some visits and I got kind of uh, hooked in with a couple of really good manufacturers, uh, CCI, Chemical Consultants, you might know them, and then also International Coatings, been in the business a long time as well. So, Early on, we brought on those two and became a distributor for those two companies and served us really well. You know, they're on the West Coast and uh, they have a, a lot of supplies to choose from. So, yeah, that's I mean, I just did some research and, and made it happen. So, so. so when you first started, obviously, like without a de- you had to create the demand by going door to door, shop to shop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Were you then mm-hmm. just drop shipping straight from those those manufacturers or were you actually bringing inventory in holding it on your shelf and then hoping to sell it so i was uh actually i rented a small kind of live work studio i didn't live there but it was a live work it was like a loft on top and a and a little shop on the bottom and uh i didn't have a roll-up door or anything i i ordered supplies from the very beginning just got pallets of stuff and it was funny because they would they would truck them off the off the truck offload them off the truck with a lift gate right and up forklift so then those the guy the driver would have to use a pallet jack roll it onto the sidewalk in front of my shop and i would break down a pallet and and put it into my shop and so that's kind of for the first year or so how that went and then oddly enough uh i knew commercial real estate around the area pretty well from being the photographer for a couple of years and recording all this intel so the place where we currently are, I knew about already. I knew it was close to the freeways, Midtown, you know, and so I came over here and I talked to the landlord and kind of fast forward three months, you know, ended up getting a, a way bigger space, like 10 times as big. So that was a big jump for us. Um, but yeah, we were in, the, in a small shop for about a year and just ordering, you know, quartz quartz of ink and stuff and and selling them and just kind of we built it organically you know i have a a solid team now and i have i started out with a pretty solid team 
um, it's just grown from there. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. So like, when did you, I mean, cause you're doing sales, right? Were you on the sales front, like building the relationships? Did you have those contacts already? Was it just a couple shops buying a lot from you? Tell us about those early, early sales. So early, early sales were basically mostly kind of garage shops. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of had, we developed three main channels. Um, that would be me going out to shops and, and doing calls that way. And then also our website and then people coming in the door. So those early sales were mainly going to be like garage printers who needed some ink to finish a job. I mean, it, it's really interesting. Like, how do you know, obviously you ran a shop before, right? So, you know, a little bit of what you thought was a good product, but how do you know what to buy, especially now? Right. I'm sure you could stock everything that anybody asked for, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you got to move stuff off the shelves too. Yeah. So the question was how, how do I, how would I know what to stock as a distributor? Uh, knowing the stock. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you could get even more detailed as to projecting it. Right. I, I don't know if there's interesting trends that happen with <laughs> what you need to stock to be ahead of what shops need. Yeah, you know, it was really kind of, and still is in a big way, kind of hurting cats. It's like you might sell out of, out of everything, uh, well, not everything, but one particular skew, and then you know that you need to have more of that on hand, um, obviously. Mm -hmm. But from the standpoint of knowing what to sell, it was kind of like CCI, if you're familiar with their product line, they have a zillion, <laughs> they have a lot of different things that do the same thing. So it would be like test see what we like, um, see how it fit in price-wise to the mix, and just choose what we thought was, was good and going to work and readily available. So, um, there's, I have so many questions. So, okay, here's just a knock on our industry. Buying online <laughs> from manufacturers sucks. Mm -hmm. Like none of the big manufacturers have nice websites. NorCal's right? is like, nice. Uh, but yeah, NorCal's is nice because we use the same Shopify theme. Heck yeah. Um, but I've noticed like buying ink from some other, you know, some other companies is really tough online. How much did you push through like e-commerce? So in the beginning, the, the mix of online sales was nil. It was like, it was so funny too, because I worked so hard. I, I've done our website since the beginning and I mean, I worked and worked and worked and it was like, I'm going to launch the site and like open the floodgates. <laughs> Were you on Shopify you know, early on too? I was, yeah. Um, Heck yeah. I think, yeah. Did uh, you buy stock the, back then in Shopify? Have you seen? If, oh my God. Yeah. It, it, I, I think was, in 2014 or 13, it was like 30 bucks. So yeah. And now it's like 1200, 1300. Uh, almost 1500. Oh boy. Yeah. So wait, so, keep going um, with that. We interrupted you. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, so uh, I built a website and, you know, thought it was going to be like, you know, it's up. We're going to just right. pick Here, everybody, shit, come on right? in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that way. And I should mention not that way for our brick and mortar, not that way online, and absolutely not that way knocking doors, you know, going to shops. It took a lot of time and effort and energy to get to get it really kind of started so do you think now that you've like trained your customers on your website people just go online and order or do people like just texting this rep and saying i need two more gallons of emulsion they do both uh, 
you know, I'll, I'll go to a shop and if I talk to him and say, hey, you need a you need a guy that you text for stuff, like text me. It's all good. I'll I'll fulfill your order. I'll either deliver it or if it makes sense to ship it, I'll just ship it to you. Um, so you know, as you might imagine, I wear a lot of different hats. Like we're we're a small distributor. Um, so I'll do outside sales, I'll do cold calling, I'll maintain the website, all that stuff. So, yeah. Wow. What's your team look like now, Steven? Uh, Not there's like Steven. five of us. Yeah, both Steven, huh? Yeah. You're talking Pretty about good podcast. <laughs> Best one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so five or six, and then, um, you know, and what was the facility size you said now? Because you just expanded it again. Yeah, we're at like square foot wise. Yeah, we got like five thousand square feet. Probably it's not it's not giant. And do most of the are most of your sales then very locally driven, or do you find yourself shipping quite a bit too? Uh, so the that mix is on the rise, but it's going to be like seventy thirty local. Do you have, if, if you were to look at your customer bit, do you generally have the same set of customers buying or is it a lot of just random one-off customers or is it like, you know, talk to us about that. Well, it's interesting. It's kind of hard to gauge sometimes, but I feel like we have a lot of the same customers. Um, and what was I was going to say, I had a thought there, sorry. Um, we have a lot of customers return customers, obviously, but uh, we're in still this kind of growth phase as a distributor and we're getting bigger on the internet. So we do see a lot of new customers and new orders uh, every week, so. I think it's funny. I think since I've started at Campus Inc, we've changed for our main distributor. I think we're on our third one mm -hmm. um, in like seven years. And like, I always say they're years to like, if if they do everything right, we're just going to keep buying from them until they royally mess up and we can't stand working with them. And yeah. each time we've switched, it hasn't come down to ink. It's been like customer service. It just mm -hmm. blows my mind. Like we spend thousands of dollars a week there and the customer mm -hmm. service is like so bad. And that's why we've ended up switching. Um, yeah. What are your like, what does your team do? Or do they have their own accounts that they manage? Like they call on this region or this shop specifically or is it just a first in first out how do you manage that it's more first in first out and right now honestly it's it's kind of crapshoot you know like if we if we have uh we put out fires quickly as we can and efficiently and just try to try to help everyone out in the order that they made their orders you know if they're they need help with anything yeah we and we only started investing in it about a year ago uh and uh that was definitely way late I, I feel like we should have almost i think after maybe after a million in revenue or so i i i think what it should have been the right time to have somebody more very dedicated and then own x amount of dollars however if it's a half million or it's a million whatever per success manager to help grow that revenue and maintain it but i think almost uh what we're starting to think about now is should they have quotas too just like the sales team right so new sales coming in sure there's quotas there but there should also be quotas for growing of the existing accounts um but anyway 
It's interesting to think about. We're going through that too. I think it was, I think one of Mark Kudre's talks where he said like 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your clients or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and so if we just focus on that 20% and out and give those like dedicated accounts, they can grow that, that nut even bigger. So that's just, it's just interesting, Stephen, to hear it from your side, from like a supply side. Cause I think we're all going through this as small businesses is like, how do you channel sales and support customers while figuring out fulfillment? You know, do, do most of your like best customers, like, do they have your cell phone? Is that kind of the relationship where it's at, where they can just hit, hit anyone up anytime? Yeah. The people that buy the most, um, usually that's the way it's going to work. Yeah. I think what's most interesting there is even though you built a beautiful website, um, using the best e-commerce tool out there, you still want to make it as simple as possible for your customers to order. And that might mean a text. I see like on the forum, sometimes people are like, I want someone to fill out a massive inquiry form and go on my website and <laughs> yeah. try and figure this out. But I, you know, when people are spending money, it's get in my front door and we'll take care of you. I think that's such an important thing, especially in the supply business. It's, it's never going to go away. You know, I have shops that I just tell them, like I mentioned earlier, I can tell, I can feel it out. I know because I share a lot in common with them. I barely get any of the stuff done I need to each day and each week. And I don't have time to like, oh, do they have, you know, spray adhesive on here? I have to dig three pages deep. They want to text me and say, dude, bring me four cases and whatever it is, you know. Um, And those guys have so little time that the more time that I spend with them, they'll just start asking me questions. Oh, do you carry this? What's good for that? And you end up, you end up increasing your, your sales by, I don't know, it's, it's got to be half again at least, you know, because they'll just find out you have more stuff because they're in this kind of mode where they're not, they're not seeking out all this new knowledge like a beginning screen printer is. They're like trying to safeguard their own time so that they can get everything that they want to done. So I'm a huge resource, uh, I think, for, for some of those accounts for sure, yeah. So is one the, thing I know, sorry, go ahead, Bruce. No, what were you say? Well, just on the so product. Yeah, I know. And, and that's why I was like, <laughs> I've always thought about this whole like Chipotle model, right? Where it's very minimal and less decision-making versus just trying to meet every customer need, like uh, a big box store, right? Like, is there any thought process of how you balance that where, okay, this is the uh, emulsion, right, that we carry, or here's five different types of emulsion that we carry, um, you know, to make it easier on the customer, or it's a, I don't know, Stephen and I were talking about this last night about, like, do you reduce just overall business opportunity by focusing now, and then that creates more value later because it's easier and you're more driven to, like, servicing the 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 core pieces here or is it just everything that a customer asks for and there's no right answer i i don't know well in my mind it's it's very difficult to so if they if someone calls our shop right or they're emailing us we can explain that uh photo emulsion you know more or less even though there's a probably a hundred different ones you can buy right there's three main like you got a photopolymer, you got a dual cure, uh, uh, you got a hybrid. Like, 
if you do everything almost right, even close to right, like any one of those manufacturers is going to work for you. Um, but it's very difficult for the beginning consumer to like, to kind of understand that. So if they call or they email, we can explain those things. But online, it's like you get one chance. Oh, do you have XYZ emulsion? Okay, you don't. Well, I guess I'll have to order from the other vendor. Mm-hmm. And that's because they go online and read in some forum that you have to use this emulsion. Right. And, and then they're, yeah. And they're going to try gonna, to, yeah. I was going to talk to you guys about that a little bit. It's one of my notes I wrote down. I was thinking about like, um, might be kind of counterintuitive for someone that sells a certain, you know, product offering. But I think I see, I, I was on a lot of forums and social media and I kind of, I think it was the beginning of 2020. I just, <laughs> just quit all of them. Cause I can I, I just would try to help someone out or something get, these kind of like black and white responses and this like, and it was mixed in with brand, uh, sorry, brand loyalty and also just like my way is the best way or I do it, you know, and like there's so many different ways to do the stuff that we need to do um, to achieve the same result. Good thing Matt Marcotte isn't on because he'd tell you you got to go two over one with your left hand wearing a backwards cap <laughs> to code a screen. Shout out, man. I, I'm on board with two over one. I wear my hat backwards only like, you know, if I'm arm wrestling someone, but that's it. So something I noticed on your website is you've got a lot of advice and resources. You've got yeah. mesh guides, you've yeah. got and fonts, YouTube, too. YouTube mm-hmm. stuff to like Lee's pages, even where to buy blanks. You know, mm-hmm. when did you realize like I need to be a source of education? I think when we started talking to a lot of customers that walked in and we realized like, I mean, you can spend an hour with someone and they're, they're buying a quart of emulsion, they're spending 22 bucks, you know, there's so much knowledge that they're craving. And I think, uh, the talking, the, the point that we were making before is like, um, we don't, we don't have a chance to educate all those people on the internet or this is the attempt. This is the attempt to say, Hey, you don't have to, you know, use this exact brand of emulsion. This is how emulsion works and this is what it is. And, um, so we realized that probably more and more over the last, I mean, I kind of knew early on, you know, I mean, when I first started screen printing, I think YouTube was pretty new and I just, either I was a late, Latecomer, or I just it wasn't really as prevalent as it was. But I, I just was in my basement with the press I bought on eBay, trying just racking my brain, you know. And um, now I want to utilize those kind of like YouTube and those uh, avenues to link the product knowledge with what we have to offer. Have people? Uh, do you feel like people mention your content a lot? when you know AI, that's how they found you or they, they stick with you or what do, do they mention our content yeah not a lot no it I feel, I feel like um this is kind of a deeper dive into my own thoughts on our on our company but i feel like uh there's some growth to be made kind of branding wise uh so that we kind of stick with people a little bit more i guess you could say uh-huh um that wasn't really thought through in the very beginning. In the beginning, it was like, buy some ink, put it on a shelf, put it on the internet. We'll just sell it, <laughs> you know, it'll be, right, we'll just right. sell it all immediately. And now it's like, okay, how's next year gonna look? And you know, what moves do we wanna make? And things like that. 
I just I commend you for having like on your website if if you're not if you're listening to this it's norcalsps.com literally it's advice and resources and it's like everything I need to get started like white ink guide emulsion guide like I might print this out and show it to my team <laughs> um, but it's it's just a testament for shops when you're building your website and they're just simple blogs it looks like they were they're just literally just free form blogs mm-hmm. um it's such a good idea for people to do is like, how do I order shirts? What's the process like? You know, shops can do this even for their own businesses and it's not rocket science. I just, I think it's actually really simple and really easy to follow. I don't know, Bruce, if you're looking at it right now. Yeah, um, I'm picking it up here. It's a, um, are you able to say what the split is? Is it like a third, a third, a third or so of, of walk-in versus online versus just people calling or emailing? It's roughly going to be around that, you know. Uh, We have a brick and mortar, yeah. People drive two, three hours. If they're going to buy an equipment package, they'll drive from other states. They have because if we have it in stock and they want it, they're going to they're going to make it happen. You know, once you have that spark, you're starting your business. You're going to do what it takes to get it going. You know, Bruce and I deal with this is like when we have a new idea and we try to buy something like Bruce needs to buy a microphone. He's been through like 25 in the last two years. I figured He's always now. like, oh, Amazon won't deliver this for five days, but Best Buy Pickup has it and I can get it tomorrow morning. So he'll go to Best Buy Pickup and get it. Yeah. Is, there, is, there, is there something about that speed? Like when, when people get the itch to buy, you try to like capitalize on that itch quickly. Is that, is that true in, in, your, in your side? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for sure. So we, we do a lot of that through social media. We'll say we have this in stock right now. Come get it. You know, I think I've sold in the beginning. We we're selling a little bit more used equipment. I sold a press in a few hours. I think um, we don't deal with that as much anymore. But you know, there's yeah, you got to go pick it up and deliver it and. I just don't have time. I got, you know, my wife and I have two kids. They're four and six. And uh, one of the themes in my life has been, like, figure out how to manage everything and not go insane. So uh, I have a, a little bit stronger, like, work-life balance. And it's something that I encourage printers because I know what it's like. I mean, I manual print shop. I had two or three presses in there. And, you know, I slept at my shop before. didn't make it home because I had jobs and deadlines. And... Um, it's been really important to me in the last few years since having kids to just kind of know when to, to take a break and, you know, self-care as well and work-life balance have been things that we kind of try to try to spare the word about, you know, screen printers can end up working a lot. What do you do for self-care? I take bike rides. I go fishing. Uh, spend time with my family. Yeah. But <laughs> bike rides and fishing are... Usually recharge the batteries pretty well. Yeah, the mental health thing is. Yeah, what do you do, Bruce? Yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah. really good question. So you sell shoes to... and office chairs, and Bruce <laughs> stares at him, stares at himself for fun. <laughs> Just like I don't, huh, uh, that's self care like, right there. You know, it's so interesting you asked that because I was literally at the, the doctor this morning, and then um, she was really nice and was just doing an annual checkup. She's like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm part of the software company. And uh, and then we started talking. She's like, what do you do for, she's like, oh, it must be like, you sound like you work a lot. It's like, yeah, um, quite a few hours. 
But she's like, what do you do? It sounds kind of stressful. What do you do to de-stress? And I was like, mm. I was like, I guess I go to the gym a couple of days a week, but I've been meaning to start playing a sport again or, you know, uh, just something. But I don't know. I, I feel like it kept getting pushed off for so long. Do you do, you do something, Stephen, like outside to help? You don't go on bike rides. What do I during the summer months? I try to get out. Like, love you being play, on the. Play golf a lot when it's like, basically May to September, at yeah. five o'clock. I'll just go and like walk nine holes and play like alone mostly. <laughs> it's pretty sad. That's good. Um, I like being on the water. Like boating is fun. Hanging out with Bruce. Bruce is like my second to last call sometimes before bed or my last call or my first call in the morning. <laughs> Talking about our problems. Maybe it's just yeah. more of a mental therapy. Like, uh, like who do you call about business problems and stuff? Steven, NorCal Steve. Yeah. Uh, I got like a couple friends that I can commiserate with, but more or less, I just hold it all in until I blow up. No, I don't do that. Uh, <laughs> I got a couple friends that I talk with about, but just like other business part, owners. Yeah, yeah, but it's been a it's been an issue, honestly, in the last you know since kind of starting the distribution business, kind of felt like I've been in a bubble a little bit, and I right. early early on had a good, a really good sales rep with CCI, and then he ended up kind of doing his own thing. He left there and. But he was our dude. He would come and like he was real surly and just this old kind of older, uh, not old. If he heard this, he'd be pissed. But um, why? Uh, he was just this scrappy like like I would go visit shops with him and he would like make him mad. Like, hey, don't tell him that. He's like, you're off contacts, all messed up. Like, don't tell him that. Matt Marcotte's not that old. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that who I'm describing? No, I'm just kidding. That's Ryan Kasparian. Um, uh, I mean, do you talk to like? Uh, I mean, I guess you compete with Ryan at though, right? So, dude, Ryan at's the way? best. They'll they'll talk to any. They'll talk. We we do business with Ryan at. So, yeah. Okay. Because you guys distribute equipment for them or resell equipment, right? We do. Uh, so Riley, we carry Riley and some other products as well and, and rock as well, which is kind of related, but not anymore. Um, but yeah, we, we interact with those guys a lot. And we also, before COVID, we were doing classes here on site and it was a screen print experience class, uh, through Ryan as well. It's so. uh, just like contract printing or like Renfro salsa. We learned at print hustlers, like they make salsa <laughs> for other companies. Yeah, yeah, white label. There. Yeah, a lot of white label. <laughs> is there? Uh, oh, sorry, Stephen. I'm, I'm totally uh, over talking. <laughs> you go ahead. Um, I was worried that we we wouldn't have anything to talk about. So if you got more questions, that's great. Um, so you sell pre-burned screens. Correct. Tell us about that. Do you have like a CTS there, and someone just sends you the? You just ship them a screen. We're old school. We got a scoop coater and a gallon of emulsion and a bunch of screens, and we we make screens for our customers and we ship them to them. How much of your business is that? Is it like hundred screens a day, ten screens a day, mm-hmm. thousand? No, it's a probably day? it's probably under a hundred. It's probably thirty, forty. You should probably get a CTS. 
Yeah, I've, I've heard about those. I got a crusty team, though. A little, I mean, they're the best, but they're like, they don't like change, you know, come in like, oh, we're going to do this. They're like, eh, okay, I don't really. I, I think that's interesting that you're burning screens for shops because that is one of the hardest things for a shop to do when they're getting started. <laughs> yeah, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say we're burning screens for shops. We don't have a ton of shop business. Um, it's like home-based. Uh, a lot of home-based, yeah. Yep. And people that are, they'll buy a whole equipment package from us, right? And they're just ready to go. They want to print, um, but they don't have a darkroom set up or they can't really run films or whatever it is. So uh, we'll either throw in some screens with their order, some pre-burned screens, or, or we'll just, you know, they pay us to do it. Um, yeah. And we send them all over the country. When, when did you get into that? Because I think that's really interesting. I don't know of a ton of other companies that do that. I think it's awesome. Yeah, we started in 2015, probably a little bit later in the year, I think. Um, and, and I didn't, on, on that same note, I didn't really anticipate that being a big part of the business. In fact, when I started all this stuff, I was like, oh, we're going to remesh screens. And that's, we're going to make millions, right? not a job that you want to do it's messy it's you got to grind off the glue it's not easy to do so um ended up not doing that at all and then customers kept saying i need some screens and so i realized well yeah well it's just it's one of those things you're in the beginning you're like well how do i price that and you figure it out you know like you do everything else and that's what we did and um, we've gotten really i think good at it we know what to look for uh my team has screen printers like, you know, you can't just burn a screen and that's it. You got to get the film. Like if it's detail oriented, you got to, every detail has to be there. And I think we do a pretty amazing job at it. But yeah, 2015 is when we started. That's and it's a grind, awesome. by the way, I should add too. Yeah, it's not, it's not just something you just do and forget about. Like it's, it's pretty involved and it's a grind. And those but, are mostly internet orders coming in, I would assume. Yeah, we have local people that order by phone or in person as well, but it's a lot of internet orders. And so can shops, shops or like hobbyists, can they just upload their art online or like do you proof it back to them? How do you deal with people that don't know how to do art that want screens? <laughs> oh, so if I could, if there was an easy one for that, my life would be a lot easier and my team's life would be a lot easier. But, you know, we kind of depend on them knowing and then we communicate with them afterward if it's not uh, something doesn't look right. And we, we also try to encourage them to, to give us dimensions or at least one dimension, right? Width, not both. <laughs> just, <'Cause> <laughs> like, just teaching that yeah. to my sales team this week. Like, what? Yeah, it's like... Yeah. Um, that's, that's super interesting. And then what about like the hobbyists that try to order like a six color? Are you just like, hey, buddy, I don't know if that's good for you or you burn them a six color? Uh, oh, you mean like kind of someone starting out and wanting yeah, like to start with Bruce a six wanted color? To Bruce wanted to print and he's like, I'm going to do all this stuff. And you look at it and you're like, you're not going to be able to print this, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. Bruce, I'm sure Bruce didn't have it dialed in an hour. I'm put it on Bruce, my, uh, uh, my tabletop. Bruce ran a one color shop. One color all day. That's tight. I didn't even heard of a one color shop. So that's pretty I'm cool. I'm just making that up. <laughs> Allegedly. All right. Yeah. It was... Um, uh, yeah, well, I think we only really used one. I think the most bar crawl shirts and uh, like little club shirts. But yeah, it was basically one, two. Nothing, nothing like finishing on a manual job. Just 
a front and a back and then having to do it all over again. Bruce, what's the biggest job that you printed manually yourself start to finish? I think it was like 250 or 300 shirts. I remember seeing the picture because we took a picture of it after. Um, but I think it was only fronts. It was like two color fronts, something like that. But yeah, I remember because we had a blog and we posted every picture with their customer afterwards. And uh, But it was fine. Honestly, you know what the pain in the butt was for us is because when we were also learning – we didn't order extras. So we'd say, okay, yeah, this is one 2XL. And then we'd screw up that one and it'd be 1 a.m. And they needed their stuff that day. And then we'd go drive around to TJ Maxx and JCPenney. And I mean, I, yeah, or like another time it was just, it got stuck in the, we had a little buddy dryer, so it was tiny, right? But, um, but yeah, I mean, just, Oh, it was great. It was just when you, you know, you got to be careful because it, it'll get jammed up pretty quick and then, then it's burned or you just forget and leave the flash on. Then it's burned. It was, we were, we were young and skating and stupid. So fun. you decided to do software instead. So, so Steven, when you've been dealing with um, supply chain shortages, how's that affected you? Are you, are you wrestling to get stuff from, from everyone else? Is it? You know, have you found a couple things, narrowed down your offerings? What's that been like? It's been a combination of those and trying to ration, like, um, you know, even, even our manufacturers have had other big distributors that they don't, they don't usually sell to just try to buy everything. And they're like, no, we can't sell you everything. You know, we'll sell you, we'll, uh, sell you what we can. And that's also what we've done. You know, some of the bigger shops in our area have uh, hit us up like, let me have all your white ink, and kind of like, no. You know, we have people that come in here every week and buy supplies that have been coming here for years. We're not gonna sell everything out. Um, so we're kind of rationing and kind of rearranging the, the product mix as well, and. That's tough. Um, it is tough, yeah, it sucks. It's like, you don't wanna run out of stuff, it's the worst, it's. Yeah, it's like especially turning down a big sale, too. Yeah, and that too, yeah. It, it's like dropping the squeegee into the ink is when we don't have stuff for sale. I'm like, ah! <laughs> That's something Bruce knows about, yeah. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. That, backing up into it. Um, we should just live stream Bruce printing. <laughs> I bet I could find some old videos, actually. I'll have, to, I'll have to ask around. The lighting wasn't very good. We actually had carpet at first, too, and the, the guy we bought the equipment from was like, do not, you, you're going to want to actually pull up this carpet it's not a good idea i was like are you sure that sounds like a lot of time um yeah you know what what like growing right everybody deals with the same people and hiring and, and management aspects there too right but what are some and obviously you've got supply chain stuff but are there any interesting challenges that you deal with on a distribution specific based business uh you know stocking stuff or locations or you know how to do fulfillment at scale like all these these things that are very specific to you guys one of the challenges has been kind of trying to op- trying to grow and trying to operate as a bigger business than maybe we are trying to push the comfort zone a little bit um, and trying to do like more customer education and more kind of 
tell our story a little bit more. I've been trying to do that in the last year or two. Um, but it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, I guess from my week to week, the challenge is our inventory and also um, making our stuff attractive for people to sell or people to buy as well. And, and you know, figuring out on our website how to stock equipment, but once it's out of stock, not stop selling it and still have it, but it's a four week, just it never ends. You know, it's just these, it's like sometimes it's kind of death by a thousand cuts, but just navigating the ins and outs of this stuff. Steven, I have a question just from your warehouse standpoint. Do you run like a warehouse management system like for inventory? Um, do you guys do like tight inventory or is it, how does that work? So I have members of our team just check inventory and, and recount everything on a revolving kind of weekly schedule. Um, we don't really have like a, you know, an enterprise software system for our, for our shop that counts inventory. Uh, we kind of rely on Shopify for that stuff, but I've looked into a few different options, options as well. Cause you, you just went into that super heavy. Yeah, we went down. We're installing Ship Hero. Oh yeah, you it's have a to doozy. pop up some of your warehouse here, so Chris. I got some tote boxes. Uh, Ship Hero's two grand a month. Plus plus plus. Um, it better work. I've <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm paid for like two months yet. I don't think we're live. Um, <laughs> no, I was just, just installing it. Uh, it, it's hard. It's like an enterprise. They're actually, we're going to fly out one of their people here to, to work on it with us um, to, to try and figure out. Inventory is hard as hell. It's not easy at all. So, yeah. Stephen, if you were to imagine uh, NorCal in five years from now, what do you imagine it to be? Like, Have you thought about that? You talked about balance and stuff. Yeah, I've thought about it. Um, I think maybe another location or a warehouse where we can stage some of this equipment. Um, we just upgraded our pallet racking and stuff. And uh, we also are a rock distributor. So we have a rock that we're gonna install, I think next month as well, which is pretty cool. So maybe another warehouse where I can stage some of this stuff before and ship directly, ship orders out of that warehouse and do in-store in the other one. But you know, you run into those inventory issues and it's like, when even saying that to you right now, I'm like, how am I going to do that? <laughs> but, you know, just, yeah, rising to the occasion, I guess, and, and figuring that stuff out. Um, I think with more people, we can do the same thing we're doing now, just more of it. But at the same time, people are kind of the wild card, you know, it's like, especially right now, it's, it's hard to find dedicated people. Um, so I'm thankful for our team, but when I look at, okay, am I going to double our staff? Then most of my job is going to be more kind of human resources related. Uh, Which you know how to do. I do. It's not my first choice. I'd rather go for a bike ride or go fishing, but yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> what do you fish for out there? Uh, pretty much anything. Trout. Uh, I fly fish a lot. Fish for striped bass in our delta here in california i have a delta. i have a question for you about fishing yep do you do you have a fishing glove <laughs> <laughs> no but i know about them if you are a catch and release angler uh there's one glove that there's a protective slime on most fish uh to to kind of protect them from uh 
stuff in the water. Gotcha. And so when Bruce is fishing for bluegills in a pond in Indiana, <laughs> he needs a fish glove. I'm just trying to preserve the water. You should go for something kind of bedazzled, you know? <laughs> I still no. can't believe you have a fish glove. You know, it's protecting their, their exterior film, their layer. Is that how squeamish you are? You can't touch a fish? No, it was NorCal Steven. It was uh, the, some of the fish, you know, they have the spiky spine on the back, right? Oh, yeah. And it's like if you don't tuck it down correctly, then mm -hmm. it can like really poke you. But the but they squirm so much, so you, you, you it can be hard to get it. Anyway, I'm I'm clearly not out there that much, where I have this process down. <laughs> it's like coding a screen, uh, Bruce. I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> I just try to figure out how many times I can bring up Bruce's fish fish glove in a in a year. Uh, I think we're. You fish a lot, long. Bruce. No, no. I mean, it's probably once a year. I like going though. I I have a lot of fun with. Um, is this going to be a yeah. fishing podcast now? Going to change formats? Or next time in Sacramento, we're definitely shooting you a message. Yeah, I got a boat. Uh, probably fit like three, four people. You got a fishing boat, or I do. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. All right, we're in. <laughs> we're done. Send it. We're good. Steven, That's gold right so there. Right, I got a boat. <laughs> That's all that matters. I'm there. Yeah, we're in there. Yeah. We were there. Uh, the last time I was in Sacramento was for the water-based printing event, which uh, they didn't have again, but it was awesome. It was at Motion Textile, and um, we had a great time. But so, uh, yeah, I heard it was great. Stephen, for anyone listening, do you want them to go to your site and keep buying stuff? Do you want them to not buy out all your white ink? What do you What do you got? What do you got for your fans and listeners? All my fans and listeners, uh, yeah, go to our website, NorCal SPS, and yeah, of course, I want them to buy stuff, yeah. All right, Does that answer your question, Stephen? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Someone go buy it. Also, their YouTube, you know, Stephen puts a lot of really cool uh, tutorials out on YouTube, so you guys can follow along there, and of course, if you're in the area, definitely check them out as a, as a supplier. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks for the love and thanks for having me on. Uh, wasn't sure what to expect, and here we are. This is a wild ride. This is fun. <laughs> thanks, Stephen. <laughs> this is Stephen Cranston, NorCal yeah, sure. Screen Printing Supply out of Sacramento. If you guys are in the area, definitely check them out. We'll see you guys on the next episode of Printable Print Officers Podcast next week.